0: Snatch the wig, sis, oh, hold my earrings, what I don't know, you don't know popular culture, I don't know anything about popular culture, man, if I was at any of the episode, I'd so get you, I'd get you by. By by extracting that one particular part, and then people would listen and be like, I guess Henry really doesn't know anything about popular culture. Fuck this podcast, and then they'd turn it off. Why would you want people to turn it off? That Every time I do a pre-roll to the podcast, it's just to make people stop listening. No wonder our numbers are going down. Yay! Like Brie Larson, I too have stopped being a people pleaser, and I too say it's not worth it. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is non people pleasing Henry, and my name is lifetime Brie Larson fan John. And together we're non people pleasing Henry and lifetime Brie Larson fan John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeit geist henry have you ever considered that brie larson's career and the trajectory of our lives as content creators uh kind of inexorably linked how so you you and i started doing movie reviews talking about a movie starring one brie larson when did we first do a movie review for room Oh, way, way back. Oh, yeah. my God. Right When Brie yeah. Larson was not first, but, you know, kind of the, the biggest movie Brie Larson was in, I think. I'm probably going to eat those words later. But the the one that made people seriously notice her, of course, Room, we did in the form of a video movie review. And now, years later, we too. Uh, not a lot of people like us, but we are good at what we do. That's right. Yeah, we for a little college project, we sat down in front of a camera, a decision I regret to this day, and uh, we filmed a review about Brie Larson's *The Room*, which hard a hard movie to review and make jokes about because of how serious the content is. Yeah, pretty pretty tough and I do want to back up It's Just Room, a mistake that I made constantly uh, right. during the video review and had to be stopped. It's never a good feeling right. when you're a content creator and someone calls cut. I mean no, it's fine. That's what those people are for, John. I, sometimes I wish we had a producer on this show who would step in and say cut and like get us back on track and stuff, but we don't. We don't have our own personal going to throw a name out, Matt Gourley. Yeah, if only we had some kind of Matt Gourley, or at least if we had something, I mean, if we had a Matt Gourley, one of us would have to be like a a down-to-earth assistant and one of us would have to be an undying ghoul. Yes, exactly, yes. A, a down-to-earth, very chill assistant and a very narcissistic, full-of-himself, undead, uh, entertaining type. Yeah, a real lich, if you will. Who, who knows where his phylactery is buried? Yeah, I mean, that's that he knows. I think he knows. Yeah, he would know. He would know. Two or questions. The assist- or raised. the assistant. The the assistant might. I feel like that would open to. I don't know. Can a must a lich know where their phylactery is? I'm not really well versed in the lore of uh, Hollywood entertainment. I mean, that's fair. Not a lot of people are. It's a walled garden. Yeah. There, you got. There's a bit of tribalism that happens. You know, liches like to hire other liches, keep the tribe strong. Yeah. Liches run Hollywood. That's what they say. Don't yeah. say it out loud, though. No, no, no. And then they'll come for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and when we talk about them, you have to put they in five parentheses. <laughs> well, I want to be clear that uh, what we're doing is talking about liches uh, today. And also a second question, Henry. Well, I, I increased the number of parentheses to make it not a direct parallel, right? Yeah, no, that tracks. Okay, okay. Here's a, here's a, here's a quick question, Henry. Hmm. Do you regret the invention of the camera? uh wholeheartedly i think it has given us some good things like that picture of the baby hippo in the cincinnati zoo but i feel like it's done a lot of harm yeah i feel like it does more harm than good it you know people invading other people's privacy uh revenge porn um, you know, things like that. I mean, porn in general, not that porn is bad, but you know, we'd all have a lot more free time if not for pictures. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, painting would still be big, you know, cause like the only way to, to visually represent something would be to go to a painter. I mean, you know, say what you will, but yeah, you know, Hitler washed out of art school <laughs> and, you know, pictures were available, that right. that time so is it right. possible to say that the invention of the camera directly led to the events of world war Two? it's possible yeah so for sure because because like you know if you need more artists it doesn't really matter how good they are send them to a place that thinks their art is good you know i mean that's the thing right like art isn't meant to do anything would be a stand-in for literal representations of the world. It has right. no it has no value other than perfectly recreating the natural world as one sees it. Right. You, you and I are in, in agreement. Was art a mistake? Question no, for a well, different podcast. No, I don't think art was a mistake. The camera was. Because uh, here's a little hypothetical, John. Uh, could you imagine how powerful caricature artists would be if cameras did not exist. Wait, hold on. Let me try to imagine that. Ah! You can't. I can't. You right? mean the artist? I can't. I, I started to imagine a small amount of it, and it was it was overwhelming for me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why you need a, a, a caricature artist. Yeah, I mean, the only true artist left, if you ask me. <laughs> yep. That and Ben Garrison... <laughs> Oh yeah, Ben Garrison and caricature artists are really the only good artists. Some people say that you can be an artist with words, and the only artists, word artists, as I like to call them, uh, are courtroom stenographers, because as we know, art is only a literal representation of the factual events of life. Exactly, yes. So if you're writing things with verbs... Or things other than what people just say. Not art. Not art. Well, the verbs can be used in dialogue, I suppose. Yeah, if people said them. But, I mean, you're going to write down that someone ran? I don't get it. No, I don't understand. Now, if somebody was saying, oh, look, he ran away, then, yeah, perfect life-size picture of that. Yeah, there's that's a thing someone can say. Sorry, life size, uh, life size painting of that. Yeah, <laughs> the as we know, the uh, the courtroom stenographer, the painter of the art world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, John, how are you doing? I'm exceptionally tired. Very, no bandwidth. Yeah, I no. feel like a walking corpse. I am very likewise undead. Maybe that's why we did all those Litz jokes. Uh, But yeah, so John and I have... uh, This is our first full day back from a four-day beach trip. Beach trip! And we're both very exhausted, very sun-kissed, but very tired. And uh, both had to put in full days of work at the factory, the the money factory. (laughs) Yes, full days of work at the factory that we have jobs at but don't always work at right uh and now we're here doing a podcast for you our dear fans because we didn't want to miss a week although fucking shit's hitting the fan yes uh you mean in terms of our lives or just in life uh kind of both yeah i think that's fair as a glimpse inside why i might have a record low amount of bandwidth. On this beach trip, I also became an engaged citizen. Oh, congratulations, engaged citizen. Thank you. I finally have value to the great American economy and can reap the uh, tax benefits eventually. Eventually, yes. Yes. However, now, uh, am I to be killed in the street? I get to be buried with everyone else. <laughs> Why you know that the that thing that's true about America if you're single or dating and you die, you get thrown in a pauper's grave like Mozart. But if you're engaged or married, you get to be buried in the cemetery. Ah, that's why it rhymes yeah it's there's that classic mnemonic rhyming device of uh, if you die single, alone you shall dingle. If you die married, you'll frolic in the cemetery. Yes, of course, you could forget that time-honored mnemonic device that mothers have passed on to their sons for eons. And of course, should you die divorced, uh, you shall be feasted on by a horse. That sounds painful. It is. You're not dead when it happens. Jesus. Yeah. If you're divorced, they don't allow you to die until you've been eaten by the horse that gives you the medicine. Uh, oh, the uh, vicer mitten or whatever. Yeah, vicer mitten horse. Medicine horse eats you. You get divorced, a medicine horse eats don't you. Look a, don't look a divorced horse in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic saying. Uh, but yes, I am engaged, uh, which led to me... Uh going through a strange chemical transformation in my mind over the course of two days, which made me completely unresponsive uh to text messages or emails was not able to check the news or really do anything other than maintain small talk and drink uh which was great for a vacation, so I'm glad I did it when I did it. yeah, we all enjoyed small talk and drink uh, and this is i think we I think that we've both taken what some could conservatively describe as a vacation since the pandemic started. Uh, But that's purely been for other people. And uh, I would like to describe a vacation taken for other people as such work. Yeah, no, I hear you. A vacation for a wedding work. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I'm taking my vacation days To not take a vacation. Please understand that this is not easy or fun for me. I get it that weddings are fun and I will have one, but come on. No, no, I hear you. Yeah. No, a vacation to go visit family, work. Work for sure. Yeah, because it's like you got to get this visit in and they've got plans and they've got all these questions. Have you been? You got to go through the whole interrogation the first night you show up. Because they got all the questions, what have you been up to, all this, you know, you get grilled. And then the next day it's like, oh, what are we going to do? And then you got, well, we got to go see all the other family. Yeah, we have maximum three hours to ourselves, which isn't really enough time to do anything before it's more obligations. And it's not to say that I'm not grateful for the opportunities to do those things, but people other than the people that these events are for need to realize that this is not a fun vacation for people who show up to these things. And actually, as a matter of fact, if someone's like getting married, it's not a vacation for them either because no. getting married's a ton of work. Sometimes yeah. you'd think you'd have more fun if you just stayed clocked in at work and didn't take a vacation to go to a wedding or get <laughs> married or see your family. Cause that might be less work. I hear what you're saying, but uh, any time spent not in the office for me is time well spent. Yeah, you're not wrong. I just you, like to not look at the bad screen. You, you can you could be giving me like a root canal or something, and I will thank you because I am spending time not at work. Oh, thank you so much for taking out all my teeth. Yeah, yeah. I could You could put me in the hospital with like a car wreck, and I'd be like, oh, phew, now I don't have to make that meeting. <laughs> Finally, oh, you're just taking both my arms and legs. You're gonna give them back, though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, they're just borrowing them. All right, cool. No, well, I'm so I'm sorry, were you? Are you implying that this vacation we went on was work for you? Oh no, this vacation was not work. It ah, is one of good. the. It good. is one of the few instances in which I was able to take a vacation that had. Uh, no work components whatsoever and it was glorious oh it was very fun once i like there's a moment i feel like we all sort of went through on this trip all like 10 of us where we kind of just like loose the reins just a little bit and you know we weren't worried about is everybody having a good time is everybody doing what they want to do and like they're enjoying it We, 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 we 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 let go of those reins just a little bit just to be like, well, am I having a good time? Let's focus on that instead. Yeah, and maybe this is something I did pre-pandemic. I can't really remember, but this is the first time in recent memory that I was able to actually just focus on myself and whether or not I was enjoying myself and, and doing what I want to do. And let me tell you, that's the way to be. Yeah, no, it it was my birthday over this vacation and everyone was like trying to make sure I was having a good time. And I was like, really just put a drink in my hand and let me float in some water and just like vibe. I'm having a great time that that is sign me up for that. I didn't know how much of like a beach boy I was, but uh, I just let me float in some water and drink, sip on some tasty beverages. I'm You got me. I mean, turns out you're a pretty big beach boy. I, uh, happy birthday, belatedly, my approach to your birthday over the trip was to leave you alone and assume that you would have fun. That was great. You know, you had your own stuff going on and I hate attention on my birthday. That's like the biggest thing. That's why when people started to know it was my birthday, I started asking them if they were having a good birthday. (laughs) Nice. Perfect. I I don't, I don't need the attention. I've never been that kind of person. If I'm not on a stage, you know. Like, if I'm just walking around my everyday life, I don't need that. So, I, you know, I'm glad no one's saying at me. That's all I, That's all I want. You know this about me as a person, but I'll let any of the listeners know. I'm an insufferable birthday haver. I want people to know it's my birthday. I want people to be nice to me. I want people to buy me things. And I hate it if people don't do that. I hate it. I just want to be the birthday baby. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, I like making fun of those people by saying, like, it's my birthday month. Everybody's got to do what I want all month. It's my birthday year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It's uh, uh, it was a very good trip. We were attacked in a cave full of sexy women in our car. Yeah, that was odd. Something that I, I forgot about, because even pre- COVID it had been a while since I went to a particularly touristy destination city uh, and South Padre Island is like pretty low on the list of like destination vacation cities, but it's definitely like beach vibes. People go there to get away from their lives. And I had forgotten what that industry looks like in America a little bit. It, it, the, the crazy thing, if we really want to critically observe like the tourist trap city is that, like, they were flourishing 20 years ago. Yes. They were like, yeah, all these big, beautiful, bright buildings were were, were built to tra- attract people to get them in the shops, get them, you know, supporting the local economy on top of the beautiful beaches and stuff. Uh, but it's been 20 years of no maintenance on mm-hmm. all of these these buildings. So all of the paint is faded or chipping. All of the roads are terrible. It's, re- it's a really weird kind of dystopian vibe it's really interesting because and this is true of south padre island and i think it has to be true of pretty much every vacation city that isn't in the like top 20 vacation cities in the world Uh, because those those places make so much money and have so much influx of tourists that people don't really live there Uh, the industry exists purely like to prop up the tourism industry. And you get that in cities like uh, Cancun and Cozumel, which is sad, by the way. Uh, The the things that those cities do to the surrounding cities by being tourist cities is kind of a shame. Uh, But then you also get that in things like uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, uh, or I guess Pensacola. But in a place like South Padre Island, it's like... A tourist city was built on an island and then it evacuated like a hermit crab, and then other people had to come in and fill in the shell. Yeah. So everything's like a little rundown. And like people work like nine to five jobs on South Padre Island. People have jobs at restaurants called like Dirty Al's, where all of the decor is pirate themed, but it's just. It's got this distinct sense of normality about it. It's a weird, jarring kind of thing to see people just go into their nine to five when you're like, I'm here to exploit the area for my enjoyment. Yeah, I'm purely here to enjoy myself, to look at a burned down restaurant called Chaos. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, someone's like, yeah, I'm an accountant on South Padre Island. This is just my life. Yeah, it's crazy. I I can't imagine being an accountant on South Padre Island and just being like, yeah, I pay island prices. What else am I going to do? Yeah, I pay island prices all the time. Every night for dinner, I have a delicious $21 ahi ahi. Mahi <laughs> mahi, mahi. And a, a, a surprisingly affordable daiquiri. Yes, the, uh, the daiquiris were surprisingly affordable. I'll say this of South Padre Island. I actually... Uh, phrased that like it was going to be a positive, but it's actually kind of a dunk. Uh, <laughs> daiquiri's weren't great. I, I got an extra shot in it, but they didn't do the cool thing where it's like the little up da- upside down test tube of an extra shot. They just like added it to it, and it's fine. Uh, they were just very sugary, not very strong, didn't yeah, taste s- like much. Uh, super fucking sugary. But you could drive through a cave full of tired, sexy ladies to get one. But that was just odd. It was, uh, it was very, they were very aggressively. I, I like to think that they could like read the room and be like, oh, if someone pulls up in like a truck and they're alone, or if it's just a bunch of dudes, then like, I don't know, maybe they're, they're just being nice and I'm reading too much into. You might be. I, I might be. They were just very, they were just very in the car with us. Yeah. And I was I... like, you, you should be able to read that this car is chock. Full of people with anxiety who just want to get alcohol and leave. Yeah, I I wonder how many times people pull in and then, you know, these workers come out and like, oh, you didn't know we would be in here. (laughs) You didn't know this was the vibe. Yes, I (laughs) I mean, you know, when you pull into a drive-thru daiquiri place, you're expecting a window not to... I feel like all we're doing is talking about the sexy lady cave, but it uh, stands out in my mind. You don't anticipate to basically drive into a bar. Yeah, no. I wasn't prepared. Uh, th- for sure, like in Seattle, out west, on on that western coast, they have these uh, bikini barista places. I don't, have you heard about these? No, I, uh, uh No. Okay, there's they're exclusively drive through coffee places where the baristas are basically strippers. Uh, interesting. And they just wear like bikinis or as little as possible, and it's just if you want a cup of coffee handed to you by a woman wearing a bikini, you you know where to go. And to me it this daiquiri cave felt remarkably like that and i was not prepared or ready for it <laughs> yeah i mean i i definitely wasn't ready for it but i mean more power to them uh i i was going to cast aspersions on the concept of someone getting a coffee from someone dressed in a certain way but like i don't know i'll pick restaurants based on what servers wear or what the vibe is not in like a sexualized way just because i'm not really that kind of person this dude loves the tilted kilt i love the tilted kilt what what is that oh it's a scottish highland themed hooters oh are they men or women they're women oh always the women yeah that so there's like hooters there's twin peaks and there's the tilted kilt those are the ones i know of uh huh. real expert huh I've been to all these. I go there every day for lunch and they <laughs> all know me by day. name. <laughs> I go to I go to Hooters every single day for lunch and I've died of dysentery three times. Uh yeah. Uh but yeah, no, more power to these industries. I uh don't want to be a prude about it. It was just not my vibe. And I was like we were tired a little bit. I think we were coming off a pirate ship. Yes, I... we were actually exiting from what a strange trip. And, like, we we just spent, like, 30 minutes on a bridge and slow, slow traffic. Just wanted to, like, get a daiquiri, go home, and vibe in the pool. And I just wasn't ready to be like, oh, 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 oh. I, uh, did I, did I tell you my, my pirate ship story? I was there. You weren't there for for one part and that we got a little touristy picture that cost a bunch of money that I had to go buy at the bar. I thought it was only $5. It was $11. That's not much. Eh, what a privilege. This guy makes $11 an hour. I- I'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure disney charges like 25 bucks for their their touristy little oh for photos. sure for sure anyway i went up to the bar to buy this thing because i only had a debit card or a credit card and uh the one of the pirates who had been haranguing us the whole time you know it's themed they yell at you they shoot you with water pistols it was fun um uh, it was like a younger pirate what a strange story but i was like paying for it at the bar and i said they said st- they said i had to go up to the bar because i didn't have any cash to buy this and a young far pirate said oh are you a shiftless millennial you only carry around cards because you don't carry cash and i you know the pirates make fun of you and i was like yeah that that's pretty much the gist of it you got my number Uh, and then said young pirate was like i'm part of generation z and we carry cash because we don't really trust the banks i was like yeah you're right not to you're uh you're not you're not wrong i think that's the first time maybe in my life i've interacted with someone in generation z oh wow uh, i didn't and know this they were a pirate yeah and they were dragging you because the- that's all generation z does yeah so i got i got boomered like their cash is gonna be good in a couple of years anyway yeah, my Amazon Prime store, my Amazon Prime uh company store script card from Daddy Bezos will be good forever. Now I have to know for my own personal curiosity was this Gator or Riptide? This was Riptide. You're telling me Riptide doesn't know how to turn it off after the show is over? <laughs> Riptide very much kept it on after the show was over, which made me feel a little odd because when we were leaving, the uh, the captain was clearly just a normal guy who was having fun with people. I was like, did that person keep the pirate affect just to drag me? <laughs> no, also, Flower, the other pirate... Uh, part of the main show also dropped her affectations and was like, hey, where are you guys from? <laughs> like, just talking. I was like, oh, we're waiting for our friend. And she's like, oh, okay. Wow. And then she started getting into. so it's just Riptide. It was like, I can't drop the character. I can't Most drop the character. Because I have to take this guy to court over this. I mean, That's it was really a, funny. It was a pleasant interaction, but you know, our, yeah. ty- our kind deserves it. Oh, and if anyone is worried why I have no energy today, yes, <laughs> uh, my hometown, which I won't talk about, uh, sits in the, the a parish in Louisiana, which I won't talk about, uh, that got hit by the double eye wall of one of the top five strongest hurricanes to ever hit the U.S. land. Over the weekend, and uh, my parents and my sister are stuck in Texas, and they cannot go home because said hometown is projected to not have power for at least a month. They got most of the water back, but they're still under a boil water advisory. Uh, But barring all that, they can't even drive there because there's too many trees in the road. Oof. Hurricane Ida hit over the weekend, and if you look at the, the, the path that it followed through Louisiana, it just went right over my hometown. I'm getting pictures every hour, updates. I've seen my, my, my hometown high school, my alma mater, just kind of devastated in a way I never expected it to see. The buildings are all still standing, but like there's glass everywhere in like, the common way, hallways and stuff and there's roof damage, and it's just like, yeah, so classes are never going to go back there this year, and all of the trees and houses, I can't even, like, words don't do it justice, the pictures don't do it justice, but it's like, whoa, my town basically kind of doesn't exist right now. Yeah, and I, I I can empathize slightly, because when Katrina came through, uh, and, and my hometown that I was living in at the time, uh, was hit really just devastating stuff. Like it, it looks familiar, but alien after something like that happens. Yeah. Like you, these things are unchanging in your mind and to imagine like disastrous harm coming to them. It just isn't something that our, our minds are capable of doing. And I'm just, my, my thoughts are entangled with just my, what are my, what are my parents going to do? Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're in a hotel and a town they don't know about. They're like, they just, whatever they're in the, the only town they could find a hotel room in when they had to evacuate. And they're like, they're fighting with the management to let them stay there. Like every morning they have to wake up and check in and like, is it okay if we stay? Like, are you going to kick us out? It's just kind of too much to also then go back to work also be tired cuz i've only had like one kind of full night of sleep in the past 4 days. Yeah, those bunk beds were rough. That is just too much in my mind cuz the yeah, storm and stuff. I gotcha So this is why we're tired. Uh- <laughs> this is why we're tired. Listen. Here's Here's a little tip from old John. And this goes out to the listeners and Henry. Nothing is more important than your own personal well-being. So, uh, and work will never stop. So whatever time you need to take, whether that be vacation or quote vacation, right. uh, take time for yourself. Like who, who gives a shit? Work will always be there and will be more forgiving than you think. It's true. What the man says is true. <laughs> Listen, work never end. Family always begin. Oh, but John work does end for some individuals. What? Uh, I thought it would be really cool that, why am I speaking like a, who speaks like that? <laughs> Wait, I feel like you're maybe being too rough on yourself. Who speaks like that? I feel like, I I think you might be a little rough on yourself by taking yourself to task for saying you thought it might be really cool. I don't know. I've got like an 18 year old generation Z pirate in my head. <laughs> dragging Riptide. Riptide's dragging you for being <laughs> choogy. She'll never, she'll never let me go. Uh, I thought it would be kind of funny to examine uh, the life of one Mike Richards, a name you might be familiar with because he's been in the news a lot lately surrounding this whole Jeopardy host fiasco. Oh, Jeopardy. That's the uh, show which was once hosted by the late and great Alex Trebek. That's right. I always thought his name was Alec. Nope. Okay. Okay. Alex Trebek, of course, yes. And of course, I I must ask you, uh, John, to pronounce the show's name properly. It's Jeopardy! Jeopardy! With an exclamation point. Yes. Uh, (laughs) If you ask any questions about it, they must be in the form of an answer. Wait, no. Wait. (laughs) If you ask any answers about it, they must be in the form of a question. So what I have right here is a little timeline. And of course, the timeline starts way too early. Uh, But I'm going to walk us through the events of what has happened with Mike Richards, and uh, we're going to commentate. It's going to be a really good time. I think it's going to be really cool. Oh, really cool? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, how much cash you have in your wallet? (laughs) you fucking idiot all right You're fucking it. i cannot stop thinking about that interaction it is the first listen <laughs> i i i think that i take every generation to task and i think i do so with an even hand but this is the first time that i've been directly attacked by by a, a young this is the first time i've been boomered, and i can't stand it Oh, it's only going to happen more, you realize, as we get older. Oh, this is just the first one, I know. Right. So, the first event on our timeline is uh, March 6, 2019. Unfortunately, Alex Trebek announced that he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Mm. This is important because uh, a year later, Mike Richards becomes the executive producer of Jeopardy! and Wheel of Fortune at Sony TV, Succeeding Harry Friedman, who had been the EP uh, of Jeopardy for 23 years and Wheel of Fortune for 25 years. Uh, okay. Alex Trebek, of course, became the second host of Jeopardy in 1984 uh, when he took over for Art Fleming. Uh, yeah, that's just some extra knowledge for you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, later that year, October 29th, to 2020, Alex Trebek. Uh, taped his final epi- episode of Je- Jeopardy, and uh, unfo- passed away a month later. All of this raising the question: Who's going to be the next host of Jeopardy? I mean, all of this is maybe something that can't be downplayed. About this is that Jeopardy and Alex Trebek, like the foremost monolithic television institution in existence absolutely for sure like um, jeopardy in its unchanged format for decades its unchanged host for decades jeopardy is the the strongest contender in like most memorable television shows ever to exist yeah for sure uh game shows in america have always had like a a really tenuous history uh You've got your, your pyramids and your your Hollywood squares and your your supermarket sweeps, uh, but these are kind of like passing fads in the night. None of them really took root and became cornerstones of television like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune did uh, for whatever reason. like I don't know if anyone can explain exactly why these American game shows have done so well, but they've been around forever. Yeah, the the Pantheon of course of of Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud and Cash Cab uh been around forever unchanging uh you know street smarts. No, it's I I don't know. I feel like there's some talk to be done about the internal game design of these which makes them watchable uh combined with uh with exceptional hosts anyway continue. So the the new year rolls around. Of course uh Jeopardy the way it is Recorded, they record like five episodes or, or a whole week's episode, week's worth of episodes in a day. So they had a, a, quite a lot of backlog to get through uh, of Trebek episodes to carry them throughout the year, giving them plenty of time to plan who the next host was going to be. And instead of announcing one new host, they announced the showrunners for Jeopardy! announced That the next season would be trying out a series of guest hosts for the show, including Mike Richards, Anderson Cooper, Katie Couric, Dr. Oz, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Thank you. uh, The Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Bill Whitaker, Mayim Balik. Savannah Guthrie, maybe Gerthrie, I don't know. Um, And of course, Jeopardy's greatest of all time champion, Ken Jennings. Uh, (laughs) With some late additions, there was a, um, what's his name? LeVar Burton. There was a fan campaign to get LeVar Burton on. You cannot fucking, what's his name? LeVar Burton on Jeopardy to me. Jordy LaForge. Here's what I got to say. LeVar Burton, Jeopardy, let's fucking go. Let's go. Reading Rainbow. Right. Uh, So they they made this announcement of all these lists, and LeVar Burton had expressed some passing interest and maybe perhaps getting a shot. He just wanted a chance to guest host Jeopardy. Uh, there was a huge grassroots campaign online um, because who doesn't love LeVar Burton? You know, he was reading Rainbow. It was Jordy LaForge. Uh, he was Kunta Kente on Roots. Is that? Am I remembering this correctly? You know, my Roots knowledge is not very deep. Before our times, I believe. Um, so... And so they, they start rolling out with these guest hosts, uh, and, you know, they, certain hosts do well, but in March of 2021, uh, Dr. Oz guest hosted, and there was internet backlash. Uh, I don't know if you know this about Dr. Oz, John. Uh, not a real doctor. Uh, let, me, let me say this real quick. Dr. Oz, you, do you want me to get my Dr. Oz soapbox? Give us a taste. Dr. Oz... Totally a doctor, or at least I don't know if he's still a doctor, but he was and perhaps is one of the most skilled heart surgeons ever to live. Oh, uh, he is Dr. Oz and tremendously accomplished, very hard worker, workaholic uh, in his time in academia. He contributed serious medical advancements to the field of cardiology. And he has then turned that career into being a total fucking snake oil salesman. Oh. Uh, I I have. The thing is, if Dr. Oz just sucked and then sold snake oil, whatever but Grif- he's Grifters happen all the time but for him to have the background he has and then to turn that into a multi-million dollar scheme to sell raspberry ketones or whatever dr oz can fuck off right that sucks um man all right well, i don't like uh, dr oz a lot of people were mad about it um they uh, more than 600 former contestants signed a letter of protest to the show's producers. The internet, of course, was outcried, uh, and he got to do a stint. But they were trying to damage his prospects of becoming the new permanent host. Uh, on April 21st, Sony added Burton, as in LeBar Burton, along with Robin Roberts, David Faber, Faber, and Joe Buck as a second round of guest hosts. all of these uh, would only get one week as opposed to the first round of guest host's two weeks. Mm. Uh, now, on July 26, LeVar Burton got to kick off his week of hosting. Uh, but if they were using ratings as a way to kind of poo-poo uh, LeVar Burton's chances of being the, the official host... They just so happened to give the most popular internet candidate uh, the week right in the middle of the Olympics. Oh, strange. And he only got a, week, a week's worth of episodes taped over a single day, uh, so he never really got a second chance. Hmm. Uh, so then, in August, there was a buzz for Mike Richards' Being in advanced negotiations to take over the Je- as Jeopardy host, <laughs> um, and as soon as this buzz started to happen, some old lawsuits against Richard resurfaced. <laughs> Hilarious! Uh, apparently, he had when he was on the The Price is Right, he was a uh, co executive producer from 2008 to 2018. Uh, But there was a lawsuit involving involving price model Brandy Cochran, who said she was harassed by Richards Richards after becoming pregnant and said Richards wanted models to wear more bikinis on the show. (laughs) She said the show terminated her contract after she gave birth. Uh, Sounds like a real scumbag. Uh, In response to this, Richards issued a statement. Uh, which says in part, these were allegations made in employment disputes against the show. I want you all to know that the way in which my comments and actions have been characterized in these complaints does not reflect the reality of who I am or how we work together on The Price is Right. Mm. Uh, Two days later, sorry, two days later, Sony announces Richards as Jeopardy's new permanent (laughs) syndicated host and announces neuroscientist and Big Bang Theory actress Mayim by Bilek? I think it's uh I think Bileak? it's Mayim for the first Ma- name, but I don't know how to pronounce her last name. <laughs> All right. Well, this other person yes. as a primetime tournament tournament host giving Jeopardy two host for some reason. Uh, I, I think uh the the original plan is that Richards would be the regular host and that Mayim would be the like special events and holidays host. Right. Um, And and a lot of people were reading into it. Hey, look, we hired a woman because a woman filed a lawsuit against me 10 years ago. (laughs) Let's placate the people who are mad about that. Look, look, we threw you a bone. Yeah, let's hire a woman to do way fewer episodes than me. Uh, A week later, reporter Claire McNear. Author of the book, Answers in the Form of Questions, A Definitive History, An Insider's Guide to Jeopardy. Fantastic. So one might call them a foremost authority on the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, publishes a long-form investigative report on The Ringer about Richards. Sources in the article say morale at Jeopardy deteriorated during Richards' tenure and say Richards was always angling for more camera time for himself. She quotes a former contestant as saying, given that Richards also was a candidate to host The Price is Right, it looks like Richards just wanted to host a game show. Any game show. Mm. The report also details many disparaging and offensive comments Richards made on his podcast, The Random Dumb Show. Dumb spelled D-U-M-B. Great name. Uh, which was started in 2013 to promote The Price is Right? Okay, can, pause right there. The Price is Right is a show that does not need promotion. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever walked up to someone like, hey, have you heard of this Price is Right thing? You don't start a podcast. That would be like starting a podcast to promote Jeopardy. Yeah, pointless. Pointless and unnecessary, uh, but apparently in the podcast, uh, Richard... I'm going to start a podcast to let people know bagels exist. <laughs> Have you heard about bagels? I'm going to I'm going to start a podcast to let people know we need to clean the air we breathe before we breathe it. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to make a podcast about breathing. It, Dumb. You know, we would be on track uh, if we talked about anything but the topic <laughs> because apparently Richard's gave his opinions on everything from the types of women he finds attractive to women's weight. <laughs> Oh, great. To unemployment insurance. Great. To whether it's good to give unhoused people money. <laughs> I wonder what his thoughts on these things were. And calls his co host a booth slut. Oh, no. And asks if she's ever sent booby pictures to people. Oh, no. Hey, hey John, I don't know. i We're not a real podcast until I ask this. I. I It's just on the form, but... Fire away. Have you sent any booby pictures to anyone, you boob slut? Uh, Yes, I have. I do not like the characterization of myself as a booth slut, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) While I disagree with your notions that I am a, quote, booth slut, I have indeed sent booby pictures to people. It is my right to send booby pictures. Uh, However, that does not make me a booth slut. And were I a booth slut, that would not be a bad thing to be either. Uh, The the good thing that McNear did, the author of this this scathing investigative report uh, on Richard's, she found, I say she, oh no. Yeah, Claire. She found the audio of these statements before the hosting website could take down the podcast. Yes, hung up by your own podcast, my favorite form of justice. All of this to say is this article the scathing article was posted um and a source from sony told mcnear that the studio was unaware of the podcast's existence or removal until the ringer asked about it and of course the internet responded as the internet does with outrage calling for sony's removal of richards as host mm-hmm a day later, production begins on season 38 of Jeopardy, and then the day after that, August 20th, Richards steps down as the host of Jeopardy, but not as executive producer. He issues a statement where he apologizes for the unwanted negative attention that has come to Jeopardy over the last few weeks. Uh, Sony starts looking for a new permanent syndicated host and announces it will We'll be bringing back guest host again with details to be announced the week of August twenty third. So let's pause here to discuss exactly what fucking happened. I uh, I think that the thing I take the most umbrage with is the fact that this seems like, uh, and maybe I I missed this part, but it sounds like just a a rich white guy. Yes. Uh, A rich white businessman uh, who became executive producer of a number of game shows doesn't necessarily have, like, screen presence or a following or, like, an artistic body of work that would make him well-suited to being, you know, the host of fucking Jeopardy. Right. But one would imagine that whatever levers put you in a seat of being executive producer on the largest game show in America might also similarly be pulled to make you host of said game show. Absolutely right, and that's exactly where I wanted to go. Thank you for picking up on that. Um, Yeah, so they announced they were going to have several guest hosts with the guys that maybe one of them would be the host turns gonna, out none listen, of that... Listen, we're going to have several guest hosts. They will be uh, artists. Uh, they will be from theater, stage, and screen. They will be from sports. Also, the executive producer of Jeopardy, they'll be from sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of these people, Aaron Rodgers of all people, a, a man with many talents but screen presence and, you, you know, asking, be, being a game show host, was you know, that's not really ever... The, the people would tune in to see him, I guess, but I don't think that's what he wanted either. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this under the guise of saying, yes, we're trying out people to find out who will be the next host. But it turns out none of that was true because the man who was running the tryouts picked himself. Yes, he, he picked himself for dodgeball. Uh, really the thing that maybe annoys me about this is that the timing of it appears as though that they were really trying to ram this through and, and make it happen like two days after lawsuits emerged. They're like, no, we're gonna, we're not even considering it. It's still happening. Like it, it seems like so many. Uh, right. So many like white palms were greased backstage that they were just trying to make it happen quickly. Oh, not even, you know, probably not even greased. It's Sony, another yeah. television production company. They, they're they probably used to lawsuits like this. And so they're like, yeah, that lawsuit's not going to hold you back. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. We're going to keep going. Yeah. We said we'd give this to you two years ago. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, it's not as though you said some dumb shit on a podcast where people can steal the audio and have empirical evidence that you're a shitbag. And the entire time, like, you know, an anime sweat bead is falling down Mike <laughs> Richards head. And he's like, yeah. yeah, I don't have anything like that, you slut booth. <laughs> he uh, he talked to the slut booth. He's like, hey, were those recorded? <laughs> <laughs> We, we never sent those out, right? <laughs> they never got hosted. I thought it was just you and me. Locker room talk that we did with microphones in front of our faces. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. You can just tell that it took a lot to overcome the uh, the momentum that pushing this unexceptional white dude through to be host of america's largest game show it it took so much to stop that from happening right and, and then the audacity of it all he 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 rigs this process of tryouts picks himself gets you know awarded the job probably renegotiates contracts or whatever who knows And then is set to start producing it. And then the outcry happens and he's like, oh, all right. Well, that's fine. I'll just go back to my day job now. Yeah, I'll I'll just go back to being executive producer of Jeopardy. Yeah, and Wheel of Fortune. I'll still keep raking in the ludicrous paycheck I had. And no one's going to come after me still, right? I can't blame me for trying. Anyway, boys will be boys. See y'all later. All right, right. You, you, you got to try to take the money you can get, right? And the crazy thing is, he had this, like, basically one of the sweetest gigs in the world. Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, they run themselves. Like, Yeah, I mean, you have to be a real fucking idiot to give up... A lauded executive producer role specifically on things that are as baked as jeopardy and wheel of fortune yeah like the only des- major des- decisions you have to make is like for jeopardy it's like all right uh we're gonna do a month of like college jeopardy yeah the <laughs> hardest decision you would ever ever have to make is once a quarter someone goes into his office and puts down a piece of paper that's like college basketball mascot jeopardy or college football mascot jeopardy and he thinks about that for three days right and that's it like these are the i you know there's probably a lot more behind the scenes we don't know about but from the outside these seems like some of the cushiest gigs in television production you can get and so that's where he retreated to seemingly until today john yes get his ass mike richards and don't let headlines fool you uh because they'll say they say like he's out which leaves it big you know kind of ambiguous no he was fucking fired today on jeopardy and wheel of fortune because of course he fucking was yes i (laughs) love it he's still involved with the show like you can't (laughs) it's like oh no 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 i gave up the hosting I may I'm a bad person and I won't host. I'll still run my greedy little game back here in in the background, uh, but absolutely not. The uh, Suzanne Perrette, the EVP, Executive Vice President of Business and Strategy for Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, sent an internal note to staff that sh- uh, explaining that Richards would depart effective immediately, with M- Embassy Rose Michael Davies agreeing to help on an interim basis. Uh, Now, game show heads will recognize that name, John. I'm not much of a game show head. Uh, Well, real heads would know Michael Davies, of course, is the man who brought Who Wants to Be a Millionaire to the U.S. Oh, Million Dollar Davies. Million Dollar Davies, as he's known in the industry, of course. Um, So they replaced him with a man who actually did something. (laughs) Yes, they replaced him. they replaced a homunculus with someone who is actually esteemed in the industry. right. Um, it's just funny. it's like, oh, I've got the full note. Dear team. I'm writing to let you know that Mike will no longer be serving as executive producer of Wheel and Jeopardy effective immediately. We had hoped that when Mike stepped down from the host position at Jeopardy, it would have minimized the disruption and internal difficulties we have all experienced these last few weeks. That oh, clearly no. has not happened. What a! Uh,
1: I he feel a little. There, us.
0: there is some <laughs> slime coming off of this note. like we hoped that by him, uh, yeah. by him scurrying away from the light like a roly poly, when people discovered he was an awful sexist, that all this would go away. Unfortunately, it has not. It has not gone away. It's still affecting us. Uh, Michael Davies from Embassy Row has agreed to help with production on, an, on an, an interim basis until further notice. Michael and I will work together with all of you in the weeks ahead to ensure that production remains on schedule. And we do not miss a beat as we head into the new season. Mm, interesting. I've, this is a real, ex, this is like an ex, real executive talk here. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is setting. It's a. It's a chilling letter, because right. I, I was assuming this would have like some moralistic bent Me too. to it. But Me too. no, no. I thought, I, so I was like, oh, I've got the, I've got the note. We're gonna see him dragged. But no, this is like pure corporate speak. There's one more paragraph. I know this has been a challenging time for the entire team, and I want to thank you all for your cooperation and professionalism over these last few weeks. As Ravi mentioned last week, I will be more involved in the day-to-day on our shows moving forward, and I am looking forward to working closely with all of you. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything. Sincerely, Suzanne uh really sounds like uh not a mea culpa but it sounds like suzanne has a lot of fires to put out and is not necessarily comfortable with it uh to me yeah for sure it sounds like suzanne was in a let you know rule from afar kind of thing take credit for whatever's happening below her but now (laughs) the dragon has been awoken and she is being more involved in the day-to-day i mean you know whoever is over suzanne had to be like suzanne Look at what's happened. Right. Right. Look look at what has happened with Jeopardy. The a property that's kind of unkillable. Right. Like <laughs> you, you know somewhere in a dark cave, the uh the, the cuz Jeopardy is produced by Sony, so the, the 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 head Sony execs are like hunched over a small fire and they're whispering like even Jeopardy is in jeopardy that can never come to pass for we know double jeopardy is impossible it only happens twice an episode <laughs> uh yes uh and then uh they have to fire someone else with mike richards because it's the daily double yeah. but no for real like oh man could you imagine having the confidence to risk the cushiest position And television production to try to host as a no-name. I mean, nobody knows who you are. You're not a household name like LeVar Burton or Aaron Rodgers or certainly not Dr. Oz. Like These are the people you're pitting yourself against and losing all of it within the span of a couple of weeks. Yeah. I uh, I remember specifically thinking when I saw the news that one Mike Richards was taking over. Uh, that's his name, Richards, right? Not Richards. Richards. Yeah. When I read that news, I did not know who he was. And now I know, and in the intervening days would learn. My immediate thought was, huh, I guess Jeopardy's dead. Yeah, right? Like, so I think a lot of people, when they read the announcement, we're like, who is this guy? Found out he was an executive producer on the show. Did a large, the largest eye roll ever. And either we're outraged or we're like you. I'm like, huh? I guess Jeopardy's over, isn't it? Huh? Oh, yeah, I wow. guess. Uh, I guess an a not extraordinary white person is just uh, gonna run Jeopardy into the ground. I was excited for LeVar Burton. Here's my here's my Jeopardy thought. I don't think they had anyone sitting in there who can do the Alex Trebek thing of being cordially mean, which is what you want from Alex Trebek. Uh, But I'm sure they'll find someone eventually, I don't know, maybe another executive producer on a different game show. I mean, Alex Trebek was a legend for sure, but the shoes aren't particularly big to fill. Just get somebody who can read the questions can do one round of uh, the smallest amount of banter. And then, like you say, read French answers in a very French accent. Yeah, you just need to really nail your accents and then be able to say no and then move on. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's uh, very good. I feel like the the real tryout for guest has to be... Uh, when you come back from a break and the judges have awarded an answer in the contestants favor, because it's the perfect amount like that's your mea culpa. Like, I was mean to you before, but now we're giving you points. Treading that line, I think, is the most difficult part of the job. It's uh it's interesting uh i know that we're gonna get a good one if they if whoever's in charge bungled it this badly i don't know that we're gonna get a reasonable jeopardy replacement host Uh, and by the way uh mayim bialik hard it's not a hard name i'm ignorant for not pronouncing it correctly same hard Uh, same but i know that there was uh there was talk in like 2012 where she referred to her family as a non-vaccinating family concerning apparently she's like walked that back and is maybe now pro vaccine i don't know yeah i I mean i don't know i'm not the only candidate that should get I, i feel like everyone should get another shot for sure like everyone who hosted who wants to actually host should get another run at it not being held under the, the scrutiny and the gaze of Mike Richards uh, so that they get more experience with it and, and we find the most natural fit and uh, the most popular fit. Look, if you're Sony and you're looking at who to pick, maybe maybe choose the one that people are most excited about. Yeah, maybe at least give that person a few months' run. Jeopardy! will be around for a long, long time. Right, like, if you want a ratings boost, maybe cash in on this internet thing? Uh, Internet seems to be excited about LeVar Burton? I mean, if people are tuning into Jeopardy! you kind of want to keep that up. Like, if you have a job posting, and people who are not affiliated with you have an opinion... About who should fill that job, and those same people make up the source of your revenue? Give it a consideration. i I do believe, uh, based on what I'm seeing that uh, that Mayim Bayalik uh, also maybe be uh, victim blamed the victims of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Weinstein. Uh, does not look good. She <laughs> she appears to have said that they should have kept their sexual selves in private and not tempted oh. people. It's not good. It's not good all the way down. It's not good. Okay. I didn't know any of this. I, Neither did I. Until I thought it was just the questionable vaccine stuff. All I knew about her was she actually has a PhD, which was like, okay, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Alex Trebek ain't got no PhD. No, he was just French as fuck. French as hell. French uh, Canadian. I mean best of luck to Jeopardy, not the people who run it or have been trying to host it, oh. but best of luck to it as an institution. Yeah, and, and just as a side note, Sony TV seems kind of kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, this has kind of been endemic of Sony kind of forever, right? Right, that they're a kind bit. of a backroom dealing organization. Remember so th- this is kind of funny cuz um all, there was a there was a brief period in our cyber lives where like all of companies emails were being leaked by ransomware hackers mm-hmm. and uh, Sony's got hacked and it was just just a um a cavalcade of the most sexist racist things you could think of Oh no and uh, we all kind of collectively forgot about that that is a uh, toxic work culture yeah, maybe we shouldn't may, maybe these people shouldn't get the money they're getting then. Give the money to uh me. LeVar Burton. Lavar Burton! Please, LeVar Burton, get the money. Yeah,
1: Please get the money. I think he would money. make a great
0: host. I think he'd make a very good host. Lavar Burton's great. I love him. I love to him. To death? I mean, maybe. Oh wow. Okay. Well. Listen, I'd kill for LeVar Burton, I'd die for LeVar Burton. Every night when I go to sleep, i die for him. Jesus. That's for every a night. thousand years. Oh, we watched all of Twilight on vacation, too. Yeah, we did, huh? Yeah, we watched every Twilight movie on vacation, which was a really good, really good use of our vacation time, I think. You missed one. I watched it when we got back. Oh, did you actually, you finally watched it? Yeah, I couldn't. What was I supposed to do? Leave it at Breaking Dawn Part 1? No. Yes. Uh, no. No, I had to find out. I I had to find out how in this movie they were going to have a phone call that told them who the villain was. Ugh. I was. You notice how in those... I'd love to read the books. You notice how in those movies, they go 20 to 40 minutes into every movie and then right at the end, there's like a conversation or a phone call who just tells you unequivocally who the villain of that movie is and then you just have to deal with it. Yeah. Villains are not good in the Twilight universe. Also, antagonists, protagonists. Not the best. There's no... I, I... The thing about these Twilight book movies, each one of them is like, the plot really doesn't start until 80% of the way through. Yeah. Most They're of not it is, plotted well. Most of it is just kind of being wishy-washy about the whole vampire slash werewolf love thing, which I'm here for. I appreciate it. And then 10% is falling in love with a baby. And then the last 10% is plot. I just... They're not good. I think their little vampire lives are fascinating and I want to hear more about them. And the fact that we don't talk about how they're made of diamond is crazy to me. Yeah. And the fact that... Bella as a character is like as blank as possible. And I think it's so you can kind of imagine yourself in her place. You yeah. can insert yourself into the story... I mean that happens in a lot of young adult things where the main character is just kind of a cipher. But then we get the briefest moment of who Bella really is. She's just woken up from becoming a vampire and wow! Giving incredible birth. spoilers! Incredible spoilers for this podcast. All of our listeners want to watch the po- want to watch the Twilight movies. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Breaking Dawn Part 2 came out when? 2011? Okay, fair. <laughs> okay. Ten fucking years ago? You want to call spoilers on okay, me? Okay, okay. She wakes up from being a vampire. Continue. Jesus fuck. And giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> and she confronts Jacob and, um... This is the this scene right there is the only time she's an actual character. Yeah, it's the only time she cares about anything other than Edward. And it's the only time she's allowed to have a sense of humor. True. The one you, time, the one time in four books and five movies that she's actually alive. And then she goes back to being dead for, you know, forever. <laughs> yeah. All the characters dead forever. Oh man. The Twilight movies. What is the drawback of becoming a goddamn vampire? All your loved ones die. That's it. I mean, that's pretty bad. What was that? The reason. Okay. Was that the reason? Uh, What's his fuck? What's his name? <laughs> Who? Edward. Is that the reason Edward wouldn't turn her? I mean, yeah, probably. That's kind of the thing with vampire lore for the most part is the thing that actually sucks is having to see everyone you've loved and will ever love die. But she's never going to see him again. She's moving to Alaska. She's going to meet other people. Who? Anna Kendrick's sister? Friends. Canna (laughs) Dentrich. Listen, I'm sick of these people having these simplistic readings of the internal turmoil of vampires. It, I, for the record, for any vampires listening, would not want to be made into a vampire. Well, because in most of vampire lore, you're bringing an actual lore. Because in most of it, it's a curse. Like, the, the, the bloodthirstiness uh-huh. is... is like it's your entire reason for being now. It, Ab- it's, absolutely true in Twilight. They have overwhelming thirst to kill people. That really, is still a they, bad thing. They the really column, it's not yeah. They really don't they they make it clear that oh you could just choose to to chew on animals. The but bad st- vampires don't struggle with it at fucking all, they just kill people. But you're still, they they try to make it clear that like, oh, it's hard to just eat animals when there's all this delicious rock climber blood. The, the crazy thing to me is like, if you're going to be a vegetarian vampire, start a fucking farm. Yeah. Don't. Just start I, a fucking farm. I just don't know why they have to kill things by drinking them. What? Start well, a it. farm, park a pig, take a liter every few days. That, I, that too, but like, even if they have to kill it or whatever, if they have to drain all the blood, you can make kosher fucking beef. Yeah, and they don't have to run out into the woods all the time. Listen, I'm... Why wouldn't they start a fucking farm? I'm there with you on the logistics of being vampire. There's no drawbacks to being a fa- They can go out in the sun because they're, they're, they're There's diamond skin. There is never, Henry, ever... There has never been a character in the entirety of of vampire mythology that's been like, I'd love to be a vampire, but oh, I get burned by the sun. No, the thing, the the core thing that keeps people not wanting to be a vampire is seeing your loved ones die. Like that is the curse of being a vampire, uh, period. No one's ever like, oh, but crosses will hurt me. I mean, I'm cool with everyone I've ever loved die. No, it's the loved ones dying thing. That's the curse. She didn't really seem to care about her loved ones all that much. Yeah, that's why I don't like Bella. She seems really, she's really shitty to her family. There's no drawback, because then you just turn them into vampires. Well, then that's just immoral. Everyone just is vampires now. Then who do you feed from, Henry? Animals, we covered this. You start a fucking farm. What if you love a pet? Okay, that a pet you will always outlast a pet, not always, turtle. Well, then turn the turtle into a vampire. Oh, Is that what you're God. saying, Henry? He was only a hundred years old, he's a young vampire. It's not even old enough to be like I'm older than everyone, and I've seen all of my loved ones die. His loved ones died before he was alive. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying the way Twilight does it is right. I'm just saying the the core the core issue. There's with no downs. So what I'm hearing you say is there's no downsides in Twilight of becoming a vampire, and Ellen was just Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ellen. Edward was just being a jerk. No, I think that the loved ones thing, I mean, he, listen, we're not going to fight about Twilight. We're fighting about this. This is what breaks us up. I'm just saying, people misunderstand vampires. You're a hideous night beast in other versions of vampire lore. In a lot of versions of vampire lore, you're beautiful. You're seductive. You get a lot of positives, but you know what you don't get? Relationships. With other vampires you do? Yeah, but they're bad. <laughs> You're bad. I don't hey, want... hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing. You know what the major downside of being a Twilight vampire is? What? You have to hang out with all the same people <laughs> who are all the people that we spent five movies watching. Do you want to be a vampire now? If you get to hang out with those holier-than-thou weirdos for hundreds and hundreds of years? Alice seemed pretty okay. Who? Does Alice the Alice was okay, but she's a manic pixie dream vampire. But imagine, not. But okay. not the not my manic pixie dream. Like she's not. She's not the love interest of the movie, so it's okay. I'd hang out with Emmett. Emmett seemed fine, but can you imagine putting up with Rosalie's shit every time you had to go home? No, she didn't. She didn't want to be a vampire. Yeah. She had no choice. Breaking salad bowls? That was an accident. Breaking salad bowls? Listen. That was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. It was an she accident. She crushed it because she was mad that Bella wasn't hungry for Italiano. Because why the fuck are you going to slave over Why are we fighting food? about <laughs> this? Why are we fighting about Twilight? You brought it up. I didn't. I brought up Twilight. You brought it up. There's no okay. downside to being a vampire. Okay, agree to disagree. There's no downside. Agree to disagree. And Twilight, there's no downside. All your loved ones die. You make them into vampires before they die. Is she about to make Charlie into a vampire without his consent? She. she, she Charlie doesn't even know she's a vampire. Okay, well, what if you have a friend that doesn't want to be a vampire? You let him fucking die. Well, that's sad is it you're an, an unfeeling beast you're not unfeeling you have feelings edward had no feelings he had feelings for bella but 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 syntax uh listen it's bad i'm gonna die on this hill move to the netherlands and don't become a vampire hey 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 you wouldn't have to die if you were a vampire what you wouldn't have to die in the hill. Oh, I see. You're a but vampire. I'd have to live on this hill for the rest of my life. The frequency with which we are fighting on this podcast is increasing, and I wonder what the root cause is. I don't know. Uh, the fact that you. I'm just trying to drag Twilight and you're stopping me. No, I think Twilight's bad, but being a vampire is also bad. I don't think we can waste any more of the listeners' time with this. I'm surprised you even brought it up. Twilight? Yeah. Yeah, bro, I love it. Okay. Let me tell you about it. I'm sad that Jacob started out nice, but then became a dick. Uh, All the characters sucked. Jacob was great. He was great, and then he was a dick. I think the problem is Stephanie Meyer realized that she was writing a character that's, like, way better and more (laughs) lovable than Edward. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. She realized she was writing a likable character. <laughs> I course corrected too hard. All the characters in this have to suck. Uh anyway. Anyway, yeah. I think let's not waste any more time. I'm not I'm gonna drop this because obviously I'll never you know, no one ever changes their minds. Yeah, everyone's suffering, and all you can do is let people suffer. So suffer away, John. So if you want to suffer, <laughs> you can send us a tweet. Uh, to ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. There's only so many letters that start with Z. Yeah, there's not a lot. You want me to give you one? I said letters, not words. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to give you one that starts with Z? Yeah, give me, give me a word. Zombies. Zombies can't poke Christians without hurting Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in... Accurate. If you want to send us your Twilight fanfic, we'll go to your red room. Maybe you can send that to... A red room? uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Email at zerocredits.net. Send us your... Send us your tasty, tasty secrets. What the fuck? Send us your freaky... Send us your Fifty Shades of Grey. Send us your helicopter crash. Uh, We are... (laughs) Hold on. Got all over the place. Uh, Podcast Spotify. We're on Spotify. Uh, You can find us by searching for zero credits in the podcast section of Spotify, if such a thing exists. Uh, Henry recently upgraded to a Spotify Duo account. I have a Spotify family account. And we listen to music and podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. Uh search for zero credits on the Apple Podcast. One of the best ways people can learn about the show is for you to leave a review and a comment, a rating and a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. However, the best way for people to learn about the show is for you to open your vampiric mouth, uh, deploy your non-existent fangs. There's not a fang in all of those movies. And yet you expect me to believe that Edward tore open a a diamond baby sack with fangs we can't even see. That's right, because word of the mouth is the only way you can survive by feasting on flesh and blood. So tell your vampire army that you're raising... To avenge the death of your friend, Immortal Child, mm. uh, the Volturi, uh, because okay. you'll, yes, Twilight is all I can think about. Maybe I'll get really into Avatar next. <laughs> I love... Oh, the Bender. No, the oh. movie! Oh, shit. I love movies! <laughs> okay, let's review the facts real quick before I do the send-off. Uh-huh. Uh the movies make it expressly clear that werewolf teeth are sharp enough to puncture vampires. Yes. Uh there are no fangs in the movie. Jacob is present during the delivery. Why isn't Jacob using werewolf teeth to do the sack instead of the no, the no fang teeth? I mean, I I mean I guess Edward got the job done. I guess so. He didn't have to transform. I don't know. Seems weird. And from everyone here at the Twilight-infested studios of Zero Credits, we're going to wish you a happy week. For a thousand years. Wait, a thousand years? That song from the movie? Oh, I don't know. By Christina Perry? I don't listen to the music. I've died every day waiting for you. I'm so sorry to hear that. Goodbye. 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 Played into the fighting too much and took us badly over time. Yeah, that was your fault. But there's no drawbacks to being a vampire. Yeah, hell yeah. Fuck, make me a vampire. I don't care. I want to. Okay. I want to be a, va- I be a okay. vampire. I got you. I got it. I got him on tape, boys. Damn it.